Hello, Generations family. I'm so glad you joined us today for Church Online. I just can't wait to get into the Word with you and pray with you today. Um, I'm speaking of a message that I've called, You Are Precious, But So Are They. I want you to know that you are precious. Hey, we're going through some transition with our online services. Thank you for bearing with us as we figure out what's best for our church and our church family. Um, this message I'm going to preach to you is actually a message I was going to preach to you last week and did not get to because of some difficulties. So I'm bringing this to you today and I hope it speaks to you and I hope it's right on time. Hey, I always want to have a way to get the message to you in an online way, like a like what we're doing right now. It may not always be perfect. It may be raw sometimes, but I at least want to get the message to you as we're figuring out what's next for us as a church when it comes to our online services. And of course, we'll keep you, our online audience, apprised of that as we make decisions. I do want to encourage you, if you have health difficulties or you aren't within driving distance, man, keep tuning in online. We're going to keep figuring out ways to make this available to you, um, that the timing may change, how we do it may change, but again, we'll let you know that. But as of right now, join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. online. In fact, one week from today, we want to take communion with you. So we would ask that you have some communion um, available. That could be juice and a cracker. It could be water and a cracker. Don't get legalistic about it. But we just want to take communion together. I want to talk to you if you don't have health difficulties and you're in within driving distance of our location, we would love for you to join us sometime. 2524 West Noble Avenue, Guthrie. Um, you know, if the pandemic taught us anything, it taught us that, first of all, we need to have some uh, the capability of going online in a moment's notice. But it also, the biggest thing it taught us is that people need each other. There's a pandemic that resulted from the pandemic, and that's a mental health pandemic. We have so many mental health issues in the world right now, in America, and in our churches. And, and I just believe us being together is helping that. And so I want to encourage you to come get together with us. Come gather with us if you feel comfortable and you're within driving distance, because I believe it'll help you. Again, if you have health challenges or you're not within driving distance, I want to do my best to make you continue to feel a part of this family and continue, please, engaging with our online opportunities. Hey, let's get right into the word today. I want to talk to you out of this thought. You are precious, but so are they. You are precious, but so are they. I'm going to read out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 through 7. I'm just going to read the scripture to you because I really think it's a vital um, set of scripture that's going to help your life today. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 through 7 says, But now, says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Hey, say that right at home. Fear not. Fear not, for he's redeemed me. It goes on to say, I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's our Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia in your place, since you were precious in my sight. Everybody say that at home, precious in my sight. You have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, for I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, I am with you. 
I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have formed him. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your scripture today. I thank you for your written word that is living. I pray as I, I as I preach to these people, as I present this sermon that you've given me, Lord, that it would be you speaking to them and not me, that you would season my words with salt, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's easy. It's it's easy for us as 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 humans in a fallen world to start to feel like God is distant. Maybe you've even been in a part of your life where you feel like God is uncaring. Maybe maybe you're at the point where you feel like God is just unreasonably demanding. Maybe, maybe you're watching this and you feel like God is not there at all. But you know, this scripture we read and all through the scriptures, we get a very different picture of who God is. It, it's this, this scripture is God speaking to the nation of Israel, but the word of God is living. He's speaking to us as well. It shows something about God's heart that we should expect as followers of Jesus to experience. And it's this, we are precious in his sight. Say that again with me. I am precious in his sight. You know, why does God love his people? You know, the first verse gives like several huge reasons. It says, but now says the Lord, he who created you. The first reason listed is that he loves us because he created us. Did you know you've never met a person that wasn't created by God? Never met a person that wasn't created by God. You know, parents really understand this, right? Even if you're a natural, adopted parent, whatever you are, you understand that when you bring a child into this world, there is a connection there. There is something there that just doesn't get shaken. It doesn't go away. Hey, even when they're babies, come on somebody, when they when they smell bad, when they when they when they got dirty diapers, come on when they wake you up in the middle of the night, you you want to go out, so you got to pack up all their stuff and diapers and bottles and formula and strollers and it's a pain and I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> But they're part of us and we, we love them. Come on. Parenting is not something you just do for 18 or 20 years, right? Parents say amen. Even when kids are grown up and maybe your job is done, is it really ever done? No, you're always going to be thinking about your kids and one day a little more about your grandkids, I've heard, all right? You're always thinking about them. You're always vitally concerned about them, aren't you? And you know, we're God's creation. We have come from him. We're, we're his children. And he always feels this connection to us, a desire for us. God loves us. Hear me this morning. God loves us with a parent's love. Only it's better than any human parent could do. Somebody say amen. He created us. He created us. But, but then let, let me drill this down a little more. Maybe bring this home a little stronger. The, the thought is repeated with a different spin on it in this next phrase. It says, he who formed you, he who formed you, he, he formed us. He is forming us every day. He not only created us, he formed us. And honestly, he continues to form us by way of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us over and over again that God is molding us. Come on, he teaches us. 
He disciplines those whom he loves. We, we, we like to think that God's job is just to give us a lot of cool stuff. Come on, how many of you ever been there? But that's not true. But the Bible talks much more about the, the tests and adversities we go through, God using those, working them together for our good. And I just want to tell you that, that, that I have heard about God on my ways up in life, but I truly meet him on my ways down. Meaning that when I go through tests and trials and adversity is really when I come to know God in a very intimate way. You know, there are places that all through the Old Testament where the same Hebrew word tr translated precious is, is in the Bible. We are precious in, her, in his sight. You know, it's actually used another place in the Bible for precious stones, diamonds or rubies. Things that are very beautiful to look at. In 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 9, the word is used to describe the massive foundation stones used in building Solomon's palace. It's amazing. In fact, 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 9 says, All of these were a costly stone cut to size, trimmed with saws inside and out for the foundation to the eaves, and also on the outside of the great court. Think about a huge stone for a minute. No, no, not like a big, like this, a huge stone. Think about one maybe, I don't know, five feet deep, maybe eight foot long, maybe three or four foot high. Maybe that thing was cut by hand, right? Like out of a quarry, it was dragged by hand across miles of roads that don't look anything like our roads today. Roads in terrible shape and and, and it was smooth. Hear, hear me this morning. The stone was smooth and the side shaped so that it would fit perfectly with the other stones that were also being brought to build the foundation for this palace. You know, this was before the days of power tools or dynamite. It took an incredible amount of work to prepare one of these stones. And every one of these stones that made it to the job site that actually got used, that got fitted perfectly into the building, had this huge investment made in it, right? It was worth a lot. Listen, is there anyone watching this morning that God has not already made an incredible investment to make you who you are today. God is always investing in us. He is building his church. We are the church, right? He's building his church with a great deal of care and molding each and every one of us very, very carefully, chipping away at our rough spots, the parts that stick out and keep the other stones from fitting close to us. It's a big job. He's invested a lot in us, and that makes us even more precious in his sight. And, and here's what I want you to know this morning. Oftentimes when God is chipping away at our rough spots and those tests and adversities start to come at us really fast and sometimes it seems like they're all at once, we, we can all of a sudden get these feelings from the flesh or from the enemy that, that God must be mad at us or maybe he's abandoned us. But no, he's loving us and through the adversity he's teaching us and he's molding us and we... I don't know about you, but I often look back at some of the darkest times in my life and I look at the lessons that I learned. We have a saying at Generations, we don't go through things, we grow through things. And I see all the growth that I experienced. And I, looking back, I wouldn't wish that it had been any other way because what came out of that situation, the molding, the forming, the good things that God really did bring out of my adversity. 
You know, time shows us that God's wisdom and love are always there if we accept them. The first verse goes on to say, do not fear, I have redeemed you. That's another reason God loves us. He's redeemed us. Let me, you know, these words, let me give you some background. These words of Isaiah um, were not going out in a time when the children of God were just wonderful human beings, okay? They, they weren't hanging out at the temple all day. They weren't studying God's word and obeying it wholeheartedly like we ought to be doing today, of course. He's writing to the nation of Israel that had absolutely squandered God's gift of the temple. Now it had been destroyed. And when things gotten tough, they had turned their backs on God, making alliances with pagan kings, serving pagan gods. And as they set off on their own in defiance of God who created them and had formed them, they were invaded. And Jerusalem was destroyed, and most of the people were forced into exile in faraway lands. And you can read about this through the Old Testament in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. And these words of God's love in Isaiah 43 weren't speaking in a time when God's people made it easy to love them. They had disobeyed terribly. They had lost their freedom in their land. And if you back up and you read the previous chapter, Isaiah chapter 42, you'll you'll see some of the phrases used to describe how God saw his people at the time. They were that they were blind towards him. They had been robbed and plundered by their enemies. They were trapped by their foolishness. But they are still precious in his sight. They are still precious in his sight. God wants so much more for them, and he just doesn't give up working on them. Come on, how many of you could say this kind of feels like it's coming home right now? Like, I'm precious, and even when I go a different direction, and even, even when I've, I've messed up and I've veered off course, God doesn't stop working on us. That's why this word redemption was needed. God's children are in trouble. He was taking it upon himself to bail them out. Come on. Have you ever been a parent at a parent-teacher conference? All right, is that you? You can type that in the comments, okay? Have you ever been a parent at a parent-teacher conference that your kid was perfect and got all A's, right? Come on, that's okay. But have you ever been a parent at a parent-teacher conference? Come on, there's more people going to type amen now where, 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 where your kid was, was not perfect and messed up and maybe their artwork was not on the bulletin board. Come on. And you just know the teacher's going to say all kinds of things and you're not looking forward to it. And your, your kid's the one always giving the teacher the hard time. Come on, somebody. Come on. Maybe your kid's the one carving crazy stuff in the top of their desk, right? Come on, have you been there? That's when your love is tested. Somebody say amen. That's when that question gets harder. Come on. Am I going to be there for my child or, or just or, or kick him on top of the roof? All right, are you with me? Come on. But our God sees himself as a redeemer. He, he, he's the one that bails us out when we get in trouble. In the Old Testament, I, I read this story. We can read the story of Abraham's nephew, Lot. Lot made this really foolish decision, and, and he moved to an immoral city of Saddam. And one day Saddam was raided, and Lot and his family were captured to be sold as slaves, and all his property was stolen. Uncle Abraham took off in hot pursuit with his servants and they made this surprise attack on the raiders and he got his nephew back out of trouble. 
Also, let me go to another story. And really, in one of the most incredible stories of the Bible, the prophet Hosea had a wife who betrayed him. She was having affair after affair after affair. And finally, she left him altogether. She became a prostitute. And one day, he found her up for sale in a slave market, hardened, used up, embittered. And Hosea redeemed his wife. He brought her out of slavery and he brought her home again and he cared for her and he loved her. See, I hope we as Jesus followers never come to a place where we speak of God's love for us lightly. He's paid such a price for us. Jesus died on a cross to redeem us from our sins. He's put a name on us. We, we Come on, as humans, we bring dishonor to that name, right? Because our righteousness is filthy rags, but he's our parent. He's our teacher. Come on. He's our redeemer. He has invested so much in each and every one of us that we are precious in his sight. We're precious in his sight. Come on. Listen, when you if, you if you look around when you go to your workplace or you look around when you go to school or wherever you're going to go this week, you 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 will look around and you will see people that are precious in God's sight. Now you can still find a lot of people, hear me this morning, that rub you the wrong way. Come on. We, we, we can all find somebody we know or at least suspect still needs a lot of God's shaping before they are finished. But we ought to be raising our hands. We still need God's shaping. Come on. We, we may see somebody who we suspect is often exile right now, feeling very far from God, maybe, maybe desperately grasping at straws, trying to get life back under control. Maybe maybe you can see somebody in your workplace or your school or wherever you're at this week that they aren't making wise choices in their desperation. Maybe maybe they're uncomfortable to even have around. Maybe maybe they can still they still have a lot of rough edges that need trimming. You don't even want to be around them, right? But there's no one you're going to come in contact that's not precious in God's sight. People aren't necessarily following God. But let me say this, there's nobody that's not made by God for God. Now, there's people that have not chosen God, right? I don't even like the term lost people. I like to say the not found yet people. Because everybody you can come in contact with is a candidate for the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every person you come in contact with is precious in God's sight. He created them for a purpose. There's some not found yet people, but there's nobody that wasn't created by God. You know, we all have rough edges. We all are those stones that need trimming and molding and our rough edges knocked off. But it's when the stones, hear me this morning, it's when the stones all come together out of that rock or that stone quarry and they're fitted close together that the imperfections begin to show up. Come on, because when they're fitted close together and they just don't fit right, you start seeing the friction and the sharp edges, the rough edges, they start really showing up. And that's when you can do the final trimming so the stones can be perfected. See, he loves us when we are unlovable. He is so committed to us that he keeps working on us, chipping away at our rough edges. And sometimes, come on, sometimes he uses us, hear me this morning, to knock each other's rough edges off. 
So sometimes that person who just doesn't seem to fit near you at all is just the person you need to show you what work you still need done in your life. You know, verse 5 and 6 talk about God gathering the scattered Israelites from the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west, gathering them together. Because God is gathering people from all different areas and all different walks of life and all different ways of thinking. He's gathering the stones together to build something. Come on. Every one of us has a place. Every one of us has a place in the body of Christ. Every one of us is precious in his sight. And he brings those stones close together and things start to rub. And come on, when, when you get together with people at school, at work that aren't like you, you can be tempted to push away. But, but, but come on, what kind of place could God build if the stones refused to be shaped? That wouldn't work. Or, or if we insisted on not being around people like us, so we left big gaps between ourselves. Or come on, are you with me? Or we look at that stone that just came in, that new stone at my workplace or that new stone at school or that new stone in my, my neighborhood. And we said, man, the edges are too rough. Send it back. We don't want it. No, 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 no. God brings us together so that we can see the spots on each other that need trimming down and we can trim them off of each other. We trim them off of each other. Come on. So that we can grow and we can be conformed to the image of God. So when we feel rubbing start to happen, we don't push away. Come on, we need each other. We need to learn how his plan fits us together. We need to learn to lovingly adapt our lives to each other. We need to learn to talk things out. Come on, we, when there are rough spots, we need to see it through God's eyes that every one of us is precious in his sight. You're precious in his sight. You're precious in his sight. But all those co-workers and all those people you go to school with and all those people you go to church with and all those people you're going to interact at the grocery store with this week. Come on, they're precious in his sight too. Let's make sure that we are helping each other smooth up and not just pushing each other away because we're different or we don't look like each other. We don't act like each other. Come on, we don't talk like each other. Come on, let's rub elbows. Let's rub shoulders. Let's smooth each other. Let's let God build something really incredible with all of us. Because there's no lost people. There's just people that haven't been found yet, that haven't chose the, the free gift of salvation. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you haven't chose the free gift of salvation. You can, I know this is an online thing. You can do that right now. You can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you'll be saved. Because you are precious in his sight. Hey, I hope you got something out of this service today. I hope what you got is that you're precious and so are the people around you. So treat them accordingly. I love each and every one of you. I'm so honored to be your pastor. I hope you have a great, great week. I'm praying for you. God loves you and so do I.